Good morning. Uh, just a reminder, this coming Wednesday, we'll be having our Thanksgiving Eve services uh, at 2 p.m. and also 7 p.m. They're identical services, so you're more than welcome to come to either one if you'd like. Also, in the back table, we have a couple materials for everyone. Uh, the Advent devotionals are prepared and out. Advent officially begins next Sunday with the first Sunday in Advent. Also on the back table, we have the 2023 offering envelopes. Uh, feel free to take yours and any family members who, who aren't in church today or maybe have trouble uh, coming to church regularly. Also, if you give online, um, we don't have offering boxes for you um, because we know that you're giving online. So that's why you don't have a box back there. Also, in the back corner, we have our annual angel tree that's up. Uh, feel free to take an ornament. Those, uh, those gifts always support uh, local children in need. The Old Testament reading for this, the last Sunday of the church year, is from the third chapter of Malachi. Your words have been hard against me, says the Lord. But you say, how have we spoken against you? You have said, it is vain to serve God. What is the profit of our keeping his charge or of walking as in mourning before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the arrogant blessed. Evildoers not only prosper, but they put God to the test and they escape. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. In the day when I make up my treasured possession, and I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. Then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the first chapter of Colossians. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 23rd chapter. There followed Jesus a great multitude of the people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, 
Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, fall on us and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching. But the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Two men were crucified with Jesus. They are described as thieves in the scriptures. And these two men were crucified right next to Jesus. These two men had nails hammered into their wrists just like Jesus did. They had their feet nailed to the cross just like Jesus did. Jesus was not alone when he was crucified. I think it can be easy to forget these two other men. After all, our focus is on Jesus, like it should be. But these two thieves had a very interesting discussion while they were dying. And believe me, these two men knew they were dying. The two thieves knew they had just a few hours, at most maybe a day or so, They knew there was no way they were going to get off of these crosses until they were dead. And in their last moments, in their last breaths, these two men chose to spend their last hours on this earth very differently. The first thief mocked Jesus. He mocked Jesus and did not care about anything else but himself. He said, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The first thief didn't really care that Jesus was God. He could care less that Christ was on that cross to offer a sacrifice for the whole world. This first thief only cared about himself. 
He only cared about stopping his pain and his suffering. But the second thief was very different. He heard what the first thief was saying and then rebuked him, saying, Do not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation. And we, indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. With that second thief's last hours of life, that second thief did not ask to be freed from the cross. With his last breaths, he did not try and explain away his sin. I'm impressed with this man. I admire this second thief on the cross. I wish I could be more like him. Not in the committing of a sin that would warrant being crucified. No, but I wish I had the strength to admit my own sin like that thief did. Think about it. With his last breaths, he wasn't trying to make excuses for his sin or try to justify why he did what he did. Instead, with his last breaths, he confessed that he was indeed a sinner who was truly dying for his sin. Would we do that? If we were dying and we knew we were dying and going to meet our maker, with those few breaths we would have left in this world, would we have the same courage as that man to confess that we are dying a death that we inherited by Adam and that this is fitting, this is how it should be. Dying is a consequence of being a sinner in this world. Would we do that? Would we spend our last breaths admitting that? The second thief knew he maybe only had a few hours left. He was not kicking and screaming like the first thief to be taken off of the cross so he could go and soak in more of life in this world. No, the second thief accepted he had a few hours left. Precious time. He was about to stand before God Almighty, the one who created the heavens and the earth. And in the few precious hours he had left, that thief confessed he was leaving this world with no greatness in himself. In fact, he chose to spend his last hours in this world confessing he was a poor, miserable sinner who in and of himself had nothing in this world and was leaving with nothing in this world. I admire that second thief. So much. I hope you admire him too. It took courage to spend his last breaths confessing his sin. It took real spiritual guts to strip himself of all excuses as he prepared to meet his maker. I wish we could all be more like him. 
How often do we truly admit our sin? How often do we open ourselves up and admit that all the excuses we come up with in this world to hide our sins are no better than a bunch of shriveled up fig leaves that do a terrible job of hiding our sin? How often do we have the spiritual guts when we confess our sins to truly confess our sins, to be honest with God, not only about what we've done, but about what we think. To be honest about the hidden sins of our hearts and souls that no one sees except what God sees. I wish we could be half as courageous as that thief to confess our sins like he did. What an honest man he was. And what honest men and women and children we can be. There's a good reason for us to be honest about our sin. It's not until we recognize the depth of our sin that we can truly appreciate the height of God's mercy. It's not until we can stomach the depravity of our own lusts that we can fully admire the immensity of Christ's mercy. It's not until we're honest with how badly we've fallen that we can appreciate fully what Christ did in picking us up. The thief showed us how to confess our sins. But he also did so much more. You see, that thief not only confessed his sins, but he also reached out in faith to the only one who could save him from those sins. While he was crucified, literally while he was dying, the thief turned his head on the cross, looked to Jesus and said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. We are all dying men and women. We are. I don't know if we have hours left, days, years, or decades, but we really are all dying. That may sound depressing to consider, but it's not. It does not have to be. You see, we believers in Christ need to walk in this world with our eyes wide open, realizing the reality of life and death. Because unbelievers are very good at deluding themselves, but we should not. Like that thief, we are dying. And like that thief, may we also have the faith to look to Christ. Like that thief, may we also have the courage to turn and see Jesus as our only hope. Like that thief, may we use our dying breaths to confess our sins and with our last breath, turn to Christ and say, Jesus Remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
And guess what? As we do that, Jesus answers you. Just as Jesus said to that thief, Jesus also says to you, truly, I say to you, you will be with me in paradise. Jesus says the very same thing to you. You know, one of the most interesting aspects of our liturgy is a prayer we say after communion on some of our Sundays. It goes like this. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come and the holy supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming, we may, together with all your saints, celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. When you come to this altar for the Lord's Supper, you get exactly what that prayer just said, a foretaste of the feast to come. A foretaste of what that thief on the cross is fully tasting right now. When you come to this altar for the Lord's Supper, you get just a glimpse of the heaven that that thief is seeing wide-eyed. And all the saints are right now. When you come to this altar, you hear eternal words. Take This is my body, this is my blood, given into death for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. The very same words that echo in the ears of all the saints of heaven right now for all eternity. At this altar, you get a foretaste, just a crumb of the immeasurable, full blessings that are yet to come. Promise all to you by Christ. I pray we can become more like that thief on the cross. I pray we can open ourselves up, lay our sinfulness bare to God, and be honest to God who we are and what we are. Sinners who truly deserve nothing but punishment. But even more so, I hope we can mirror the faith of that thief who knows that salvation is for people just like him and just like you and me. That we can have the same faith to say to Jesus, but remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says to you today the very same words he will say to you on your last day. When Jesus himself will receive you forever, say, today you are with me in paradise. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.